0: The all new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare, the all new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof, the all new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go, places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated.
1: Hey friends, welcome to episode 99 of Motherhood in Hollywood. We are talking today about water safety in and around the water with your kids. Do you know how to keep them safe in the water? What tips and tricks are you using? What well, we're going to talk about it today with our guest. Here we go. Hello, mama.
0: Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 99 of Motherhood in Hollywood. Can you believe it? I am almost to 100 episodes of this podcast. And it has been an incredible journey to say the least. Um, and I'll be talking a little bit more about that next week uh, for episode 100. This week, however, I want to tell you about our guest. My guest is Lisa Cook. She is the CEO and founder of Kid Swim here in Los Angeles. And we're going to talk about water safety. Summer is coming. I've already bought some of the cutest bathing suits for Channing, not for myself. <clears throat> I'm but for Janning and um, you know, she's four now. So water safety is something I feel like she should have a better handle on. She loves being in the water. Oh my gosh. She loves it so much. And I just want her to be more confident in the water. And I personally would like to be more confident around the pool and not, you know, I don't want to say let my guard down, but not have to be quite so hoverboardy, you know, like hovering over her every second in the water I would like for her to have some skills. So I wanted to talk to an expert about that, about, you know, the appropriate ages to start everything and, you know, all that stuff. There's lots of good stuff in here about water safety for you and your kids. And this is something parents really should pay attention to. Do you hear me? Pay attention, kids. We've got something informative coming your way. Um, Sorry, I'm in a silly mood today. Anyway, so let's talk about what's been going on. little mommy monologue moment. Last week, I officiated my best friend Heather and Mark, uh, their wedding and it was so exciting but also i was so nervous because you don't want to mess up someone's wedding <laughs> i mean they had invited it wasn't a huge crowd i think they had like maybe 70 people there um but still you want to make sure that you get across the right amount of sentiment and do all you have to do all the legal stuff too which i didn't know about i had to do a little research there but also i wanted it to be fun and funny and memorable um For them and for the people who were there. So I hope that came across. I'm so excited for my friends. I know that they're on. They're taking you guys. How luxurious is this? These are people without kids, mind you. They're taking like six weeks of honeymoons. They're going like all over the place. They're going to Arizona, to Vegas, to Napa, to um, where else are they going? Who knows? Cabo, Hawaii. I don't even know. But I'm like, oh my gosh. I remember those days before we had before we had Chan where we could just sort of pack up and travel. Of course I say that, but we never actually really did. I don't think. I think we went to Vegas a lot more than we do now. You guys, I miss Vegas so much. Pretty sure Vegas misses me too. That's a trip I want to take, but I have to like save up for a long time. I'm I'm a major gambler. Um I'm not admitting. I'm not coming out here as admitting that I have a problem, but let's just say I do. I totally have a problem. I would gamble everything away if I could. It's probably good that I'm not a multi bajillionaire because I would literally be in the high roller rooms. I remember one time reading an article about Ben Affleck um being in the high roller room or something. I don't know if he was in the playing poker or what. At one of the big casinos, the Bellagio Caesar, something like that. Anyway, he was <clears throat> gambling away like hundreds of thousands of dollars you know in a night and everyone was like oh how could he do that that's so much money and i'm thinking Oh, i'm jealous i wish i could <laughs> i wish i had the luxury to just be like i bet 200,000 on red or whatever ah uh, but anyway <laughs> little side little tangent there um i've admitted i have a problem uh, so coming up this week, I'm so excited. I'm going to be going to a TV Guide and Fox event uh, with Gordon Ramsay to celebrate his new show, The F Word, that's coming out on Fox. I'm also going to be going to a special taping of that. Well, it's not taping. It's live. I'm going to be going to the live show with Gordon Ramsay uh, in the coming weeks. I'm looking forward to that as well. I also have some really great guests coming up yet, but I can't announce it. I've been put on sort of like a embargo, I guess. Um, I don't know if you can embargo podcasts, but apparently you can with mine. (laughs) So I have some pretty big guests coming up, and I'm super excited. So stay tuned for that, you guys. I also haven't decided yet what I'm going to do for the 100th episode, so... I guess I need to figure that out pretty quickly. <laughs> Get on it, Brooker. All right. In the meantime, um, let's listen to this interview from my guest today, Lisa Cook. She is the CEO and founder of Kidswim here in Los Angeles, talking about water safety and how you and your kids and your family can be safe around pools this summer. Here's Lisa. So summer is coming up and that means a lot of us are going to be hitting the pool with our kids as well as the beach Um, and if you're anything like me, you have water safety is top of mind and that is why I'm so excited to have Lisa Cook from Kids Swim here in Los Angeles uh, as a guest on today. Hi Lisa, welcome to the show.
2: Hi Heather. Thank you so much.
1: Now, Lisa, you um, are the owner, CEO. I know we just talked about your many titles for Kids Swim. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell me a little bit, first of all, about what is Kids Swim?
2: Yeah. So Kids Swim uh, is a developmental swim school. I started it 16 years ago in Los Angeles and I've been teaching for over 30 years, but for the last 16 years, I've kind of put my time and energy into this particular facet of of teaching swimming. And when I say developmental, which I've been doing, by the way, forever, saying developmental, but people have always kind of been, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And basically what it means is that we follow an age and stage developmental process that kind of mirrors the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics and their guidelines for developmental Uh, growth. And we sort of follow their steps of that because we find that to work in conjunction with what kids are actually doing developmentally, physically, mentally, emotionally anyway, allows for greater understanding over time. And they sort of build this great foundation of what it means to learn to swim. Since it's it's a multi-layered process, it's really there's a lot to it. And, um, and I think that for true learning, where you see a child who's older and really swims well, that I believe is a buildup over time that happens from, from infancy even on forward. And so that's what we really try to promote. That's what our goal is like to see a six or seven year old child and see that child swimming really well, really proficiently and understanding, you know, how their body works in the water and they're breathing in the water and they're really confident. And that's our goal. That's our end game.
1: Now, what is a good age to start swimming with your kids? We, we started with Channing when she was like six months old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We live kind of close to the uh, Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So we started her there. And mostly I think I I just wanted to get out and about with her. You know, (laughs) like I was like, let's just, do something. So yes. actually, she may not have been six months. She may have been more like eight months. Okay. But um, we got on the water with her and she hated it.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. She
1: screamed like I was torturing her. And I felt so <laughs> bad. But I was like, we're doing this. Um, did I start her too soon? Or what is general age? Do you think? No,
2: you know, that's a great question. And I'm glad you actually volunteered that information because here's what's here's what's important to note babies in particular are the easiest demographic to get acclimated to the water right right at the same time some babies have I don't know if it's a sensory issue I don't know if it's you know they're seeing the scope I mean the Rose Bowl in particular is a very large pool Mm -hmm, and there's a lot of activity there's a lot of commotion Sometimes it's overstimulating for children. Um, I'm also guessing the pool temperature, they can't make it as warm as they could if it was a a pool that was designed specifically for teaching,
1: yeah, right? It's, it's a heated for pool. Th- it's, it's, it is it's a heated pool. Um, so it was a little warmer because we started classes, I think, like – Mm. in January. So um I was like okay. I was like, "Oh my god, it's going to be cold." But it was one of those weirdly warm uh, okay. Januarys in LA where it was like okay. 90 outside. Right. It was like, right. "What's right. happening?" Right. Um but the pool was warm. I think that she just um for her, and I've noticed it's about her growing up is I think it was a feeling of of not being in control a little bit, mm-hmm. like she just mm-hmm. was sort of like, "I'm in this big, uncontrollable pool, yes, but I'll tell you just to comfort everybody out there who's listening, yeah. she loves it now, like <laughs> I cannot keep her out of the water and out of the pool. She is obsessed with swimming
2: well and and I'm glad you mentioned that too, because in all honesty, you can't it it's just a it is just a phase and if a, if a baby is introduced to the water and at first they seem like they are just not into it, um, I usually just tell parents, you know what, just hang back a little bit, let them play on the side, on the steps, here's a toy, you know, bring her into the group. If you feel comfortable enough, if she's feels agitated, just hang back. Eventually they get into it. Eventually mm-hmm. they get into the rhythm. Sometimes it's just the first lesson that freaks them out. Right. Sometimes it takes two or three times, but um, I have never, if a parent keeps at it, I've never seen a child not end up loving it because it is such a benevolent experience. You yeah, know? she
1: definitely did. I think it was probably about the first I don't know, maybe a month or so, uh, mm-hmm. four, four mm-hmm. lessons or so. Um, and then eventually she calmed down and really got into it and was into the splashing and all of that right. stuff. So yeah, right. I mean, there's definitely something to that. I think it's hard though, because as parents, we see our kids, <clears throat> um, crying or upset or hurting in some way and we want to just protect them. But, um, right. Right. There absolutely is something to consistency and sticking with it because I would much rather have dealt with that then when she was little than now when she's four. Yes. And me begging and pleading with her to get in the water (laughs) and, you know, get comfortable.
2: And so that brings me to kind of the part B of your question that you asked, which is the best thing to do really. And this is kind of like my foolproof prescription when I talk to parents with babies. If they start a baby swim class when the babies are between six and eight months old, I think six, seven months old is totally fine unless they have like a skin condition or ear sensitivity or the doctor says, you know, you need to wait. Typically babies by six months are totally fine to go in the water. And the younger you start them, the easier it is for them to get acclimated, get their face wet, start floating, start gliding. And then if you just keep um, introducing it to them, you know kind of on a weekly basis for as long as you can, you carry that through until they're two, they will be swimming when they're two, and it will be without without any intensity, without any fear it'll just sort of happen but if you if there's a gap between infancy and then you kind of start it up when they're two or three, it just takes longer
1: yeah, that's all. So here is kind of a random question. Okay. What about kids, babies who are born in water? Do you think, and you may not (laughs) even know this, but this is just something my weird thought process was thinking. Are babies who are born in water... More inclined to want to swim and be in water. That sounds so dumb now that I'm saying it out loud.
2: I <laughs> wish I wish I had an answer for that. Everyone listening really, right now really is like, do. "What <laughs> in
1: the heck is she talking about?" But I just was thinking about that. I was like, "Oh, literally a water baby." I've heard that term so many times. I have a water baby.
2: You know, I wonder, and it would kind of have to be like a social experiment where you'd get a group of moms who yeah. have babies, you know, I water really birth.
1: Got, I want to see if somebody's studied that and found out <laughs> if babies born in water are more inclined to be swimmers. <laughs> uh. <laughs> super random if anybody out there listening knows uh tweet at me and let me know if you have that I'd love to
2: know that too quite frankly I mean to be honest (laughs) I have no clue neither of my sons were born in the water surprise Mm -hmm. but no I was like your standard hospital birth with the epidural and everything but both of them started swimming officially started swimming on their own when they were two and and that was just because we put them in the water every day
1: sure yeah Now tell me a little bit about that. You have two boys? Is that right? right. And yeah. um are they um proficient swimmers? When did you, you know, did you you say you started them pretty early on?
2: Yeah, I started taking each of them and they're 8 years apart. So the uh, Oh wow, God bless uh-huh, you. Uh-huh. They <laughs> goodness <laughs> you know it's just the way it worked out and it's been great for us so uh, anybody who's wondering about oh is it okay to wait longer for us it was it was golden so i have two boys and so each one of them i started taking in the water when they were 3 months old and um we have a pool here at our home and Literally every single day of the season, when the pool's heated, we take them in. And now that they're eight and sixteen, they swim, they jump in the pool and do laps after school. Um, they swim for hours during the summer. My older one was on swim team for a few years. My younger one, not yet. I actually think swim team is better for kids that are just a little bit older than younger because it's a pretty intense, focused sport during practice. And it's not that social. I mean, you are, you're kind of sensory deprivation in a way you're, your head is down, you're in the water and you're, you're swimming left. So it's not like it's that exciting when you're doing it, but it is clearly the greatest, you know, activity for growing kids bodies because there's no, it makes them so strong and it's so great for their endurance and it doesn't put any pressure on their, their bones, which are still growing.
1: That's so interesting because I, um, I, speaking of like a sw- uh swim team and that sort of thing, I've seen flyers going around for like, you know, mm-hmm. getting like your four and five year old on a swim team. And I'm like, <laughs> that does seem awfully <laughs> intense for her. Like she, you know, can, she loves yeah. to just splash around in her, you know, mermaid fins mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So at what age then do you think um, or when should parents really start getting them seriously into lessons?
2: I think um, I think this.
1: It may not even be an age thing. And so it may even be just like a readiness kind of awareness thing.
2: I think it's actually it's both. Okay. Um, I think getting them involved in swim lessons around two and a half mm-hmm. or two and eight months is a good time to introduce it. Um, so that they learn the structure and the routine and they get involved in it at that point, getting them acclimated and comfortable and enjoying it is, is your goal. If they seem to really take to it and you have the time and you can invest in it twice a week is great, but once a week is adequate too. once they're about three and a half, that's when you want to actually make it a priority. And from about three and a half to five and a half, I recommend it being kind of a summer long activity where they go twice a week, maybe even three times a week. They take lessons for a half an hour. And then as an added bonus, anytime mom or dad can jump in and practice and just have fun with them, that helps facilitate learning that much
1: quicker. Good stuff on today's podcast, you guys. Lisa, in just a minute, is going to tell us what she thinks about whether parents should be teaching their kids to swim. Mm, So, you want to listen to that. But first, I want to talk to you about Nudu, N U D U. That's Nudu. Nudu is a luxury skincare line dedicated to health and beauty. It's made from the purest, most potent natural botanicals and antioxidants that are not only effective, but safe. Let's talk about the Nudu Natural Beauty System. It's a three step process cleanse to purify, tone to balance, and moisturize to glow. Who doesn't want that glow, right? I do. I know some days my skin feels dry and kind of flaky, and then I use my Nudu Natural Beauty System and I'm glowing again, just like a woman of 35. <laughs> Go right now to motherhoodinhollywood.com. Click on the Nudu image, and that'll take you to nudu.com where you can find out more about Nudu helping you create a new you. So that's something I need to be looking into now then, because she's four, she's definitely comfortable in the water, but she is not, she does not know how to swim. And I do not have the, I mean, I know how to swim, but I do not have the skills to be able to teach her by myself. So I, I definitely want to get her into classes.
2: Well, you know, I'll tell you, I never recommend parents teaching their own kids how to swim or how, really how to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> just let other people teach your kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I, I tell parents is when you get in the water with your kids, just play with them. Don't have an agenda. Don't try to get them to swim laps for you. Just play with them. Believe me when I tell you that the playing is as important as anything else that they're going to do. So, so that's what I tell parents, like mm-hmm. get in the water and just play with your kids, have fun with them, enjoy whatever they want to do, let them call the shots, let the instructor do the work. And then something else that is good as, a, as, a, as an aside is that when children first learn how to swim, they first start swimming on their own, they're really excited and parents get really excited and parents then want the kids to swim with them when they're not in lessons. And what happens is initially a lot of kids only think they can swim when they're in their lessons. So it can get a little frustrating for parents Well, they'll say, she swims with you, why won't she swim with me? Oh, yeah. And I say, you know what, initially your child is compartmentalizing and they think the only way that they can perform this activity is in these, with these boundaries, with this whole routine as it's established. She will get out, she'll grow out of it. It won't take long. Don't worry about it, but don't stress because it it happens. You just have to let her figure out that what she does in one realm, she can do, you know, in a different pool and with different people and at a different time of day. So it it just has to, you know, that's a little bit of a, a connection she has to make.
1: What do you think is the number one water safety issue facing young kids and parents really? I mean, what is the number one thing that that, um, we need to be aware of this summer?
2: I think that's such a great question. Um, I think there's two things. I think that number one, understanding what water safety really, really is and that for parents, the best safety device that any child can have, is the parent's eyes on the child. And it sounds easy enough, but we, parents are are busy, and they have a lot going on, and there's always an opportunity to get distracted, even for a second, even in the moment. Mm -hmm. And, And in truth, if you are with your child, at the, at the pool, in the water, like that is your opportunity to be really present with your child and just watch them. Keep your eyes on them. No matter what else is going on, your eyes are on your child. That's the number one safety device for children who are not water safe. Um, the other thing is that, there's sort of a misconception right now with things like intensive swim programs that sort of claim that they teach your child how to swim in a week or in 10 lessons or something like that. And what it does is it provides the illusion of safety. So it, I know it's designed to reduce anxiety in parents. I get that. But what it does in addition to that is it reduces their vigilance Mm -hmm. and children who've swam, for the first time ever in eight lessons, are not water-safe children. They're just sort of...
1: Repeating they've kind of, what they've seen. Yes,
2: or... and it's they've done it under duress because they haven't had time to really process everything, so they are... It's like a fight-or-flight thing. They've been put in a situation where they have to react to it, and so their instincts take over, and they just do it because they have to. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: So... So what happens is there's an element of fear and anxiety that is attached to that and fear and anxiety create a learning block. So what happens is your child has, has done what they've needed to do in order to basically just save themselves in the moment. But the processing of the understanding of it all doesn't get through. So it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, I think it's
1: like a difference of like like you said, learning how to save themselves in the moment versus maybe learning how to be a swimmer long-term, like a long-term skill.
2: Right, right, exactly. And and the other thing that's true is there is, is an opportunity for real um, regression in some of these programs because some kids get really scared and so it works to their detriment. Like then they won't even get in the water at all mm-hmm. after these programs. So I think you have to be careful with these kind of situations. Some of them, sometimes it works. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but a lot of times it carries with it a, a lot of negativity. And I sort of ask like, what's the opportunity cost? Like why, you know? Yeah. Um, so,
1: so there's two yeah. things I want to ask you about what you just said. So one of yeah. them is, um, keeping your eyes on your kids, um, mm-hmm. the entire time they're in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, That is so hard to do uh, during the summer you're at mm. pool parties. Mm-hmm. You, um, some pools have like a swim up bar, you know, mm-hmm. and some parents, <laughs> wait, wait, I'm
2: sorry. What, what my pool does you <laughs> my
1: pool, my pool has that. I forgot to tell you, it's really just a cooler on the side of the pool. <laughs> okay. <That's> different. <laughs> but you know, like we get, um, we're at the pool and I think some parents are like, this is my time to relax sure. as well and have fun. <clears throat> And we don't want to spend the entire time watching our kids, uh-huh. uh, or at least I should say I don't want to. I don't want to generalize all parents, but I think there's that general sense of like, oh, I just want to relax. They're fine, you know. They know how to swim yeah. and that sort of thing. Of and I, you know, I work for a news station, yeah. Where every summer, <clears throat> and really here in Southern California year round, mm-hmm. I write stories about kids who've been left alone mm-hmm. around a pool, right. um, and it's almost always a home pool or a family right at someone's house um where you know somebody just went inside really quick to grab something and they come back out and the two-year-old is face down Mm -hmm. in the water Mm -hmm. and it's so you just feel like as parents you you never get to like let go and relax we have to constantly be vigilant and for me water safety is so important like I'm very nervous, especially at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, do you teach swimming or, or uh, when you teach swimming and when you teach how to lessons and things like that, do they also apply to ocean swimming? Cause that's a whole no, other, it's a
2: whole different dynamic. Yeah. And, and I don't, I generally feel like kids need to be a little older and a little hardier before they start swimming in the ocean um because that's a completely different animal um i will say that when you have younger children and who let's say they're not swimming yet and but they love being in the water and you do want to not have to be you know like hovering glued constantly yeah. yeah yeah there are some very um reliable Safety devices that you can put on your child. They're like the little. It's kind of a vest with water arms, and it's it locks on and stuff. Oh, yeah, I've I have seen a, those.
1: That was my next yeah. question: is what yeah. kind of tools can we use when they're in the water? Um, yeah. Like floaty. Like when I was growing up, it was the arm floaties, you know. Which I've heard now, like maybe those aren't as safe, and you right. know. But the vest you're talking about sounds great.
2: Yes, those those work, and they're good because they don't really. Um, inhibit movement, but they do keep your child upright. The child can't take it off themselves. So, you know, the thing with the arm floaties was they were so easy to slip off. I mean, you could yeah. just, a kid could slip them off themselves. They would come right off. It's like, it's like everything else that we grew up with that it's amazing. We're all alive.
1: I, know. <laughs> I think about that all the time. My mom's like, I never put you in a car seat. I'm like, uh, what I was I in? <laughs> Did you just lay me in the back seat of the car? And she's like, well, I- sometimes... I mean, and by the
2: way, I remember being <laughs> little, like in fourth grade in the summer with a bunch of friends at someone's house and we're all swimming all day. We're in the pool. I don't ever remember a parent yeah. sitting out there with
1: us. Like, yeah, I remember that we too. Were, like we it, just, had it's amazing, it literally is amazing that any of us survives. Right, right. <laughs> the 70s but, and 80s.
2: For like what you're talking about, you know in a case like that, wearing a flotation device, I'm okay with the thing about flotation devices that I caution against is using it as a crutch and having the child get really attached to it Mm -hmm. because then they think they can swim, but they can't. And, um, so what I tell parents is keep it hidden, keep it out of sight and only break it out at times where, like you're on vacation, you know, you guys are going to Hawaii and you're staying at a hotel where there's going to be a pool. So this way you don't have to be in the water holding your child the entire time. You do have to keep your eyes on them, of course, but they can be independent a little bit more. Um, But don't use it all the time and have them start to rely on it. Like I still say it's better for the child to be in the water without anything, if possible, because then they really get used to their own, their own body in the water. It just goes
1: faster. Yeah. No, yeah. I love, this is such good information and it's such a good reminder. And I hope that everybody out there who's listening, who is prepping for your summer vacation um, Mm -hmm. for some time at the pool um, Mm -hmm. that you really take this information to heart because it's, it's super important and it's lessons are important. Teaching your kids to swim Mm -hmm, is important mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and being vigilant. That is that is unfortunately, and uh, it's it is the curse and the blessing of being a yes, parent. You yes, no longer, it is. your yes, time it. is no longer your
2: no, own. No, no, uh, uh-uh. But you know, it does. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like by the time my kids were five and six years old, well, you know, they were eight years apart. But when each of them turned five or six years old, I could sit in a chair on the side of my pool. If they were the only ones in the pool and they could swim for hours and I didn't have to get in with them at that point. So there is, you know, there is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's just for a few years, you have to, you know, you have to kind of be on guard. <clears throat> the one thing I just want to say, cause I guess we'll be wrapping up
1: soon, but, um, I How wanted dare you? to, you You don't know if I have oh, more questions. I- no, <laughs>
2: I, I may thought, have 30 more questions I, I, I for you Lisa. The time. And I thought okay, I know we no, have like 20, 20 minutes. But, um, plus what you were saying before mm. kind of sounded like the wrap up, you know, <laughs> general wrap up, so I wanted to, But I just wanted to say this that until kids are about 5, it when they take a break from fall winter, which happens we do there is that sort of reacclimation period that goes on where even if they were swimming all summer like literally swimming 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 they still kind of forget a little bit. So if let's say you're going to be going away for spring break and they haven't started lessons really yet before the summer, it's always good to get them a couple of refresher lessons so that they're comfortable getting back into the water and they they remember Uh, what they were able to do, because some kids actually forget that they can swim between one summer to the next. So it's good to remind them before you take a vacation with them. And uh, and then after about age five or so, that doesn't happen anymore. But between between two and five, expect that Mm -hmm. there will be a little bit of time where they have to, you know, muscle memory, they have to kind of reacclimate to the fact that, oh, yeah, I can swim, you know,
1: <clears throat> so that is a great reminder. Um, <laughs> and I was going to ask you something about Michael Phelps, um, and how you feel like he's changed the face oh of my swimming. God.
2: Uh, do you, I mean, I, I
1: do. We care. That, are we well. still mad at him because he smoked a bunch of weed a few years ago no. or have we forgotten all of that? <laughs> we've all, we've all forgotten. Okay, about
2: good. It. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know what? Training is so intense. People, I don't even think people realize, and, and, you know, I only swam, you know, junior high, high school and some college. And it was, I know of, I know of what I speak on that level. Can you imagine when you are the greatest athlete in the world in your sport and, and how intense that is? Like if you don't smoke a bowl on occasion, then <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, oh, but yeah,
1: that's the best line. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right. Then Michael Phelps deserves his, his He does. <laughs> and
2: he has he has become a, a face and a hero for a lot of kids. I had so many kids after the Olympics in oh, was it okay, which was one it was it? Not this one that he yeah, I guess it was 08. Yeah. So many kids said to me at the end of that summer, I wanna be on the swim team now. I wanna be like Michael Phelps. It, it just it gives a record a recognition and legitimacy to the sport that swimming needs you know swimming needs heroes as does every sport but so many more other sports seem more glamorous sure
1: sure and uh
2: and swimming it's unless you've really parlayed your your avenue into endorsements it's not the moneymaker sport
1: right right that's true Uh, but it
2: is. There is nobility in it. It is certainly the one sport you can do and your entire life, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's, so and it's the healthiest. You. Yeah, it's, I was the gonna healthiest say it's so good for over you. Time. Absolutely, it's
1: something you could do when you're young or old, and that's why you know that's why the we, only
2: sport you yeah. can do it when you're six months old, and you can do it when you're eighty-six years old.
1: And that's why we love it so much in our family. We, I love being in the pool. I love, I'm not so much an ocean person. My husband loves being in the ocean, but I love swimming pools. I always have. Um, and I, I, it's really sweet for me to see my daughter have a passion for it as well. And now I just have to get her, Um, prepared, I have to um, take your advice and get her ready. Uh, I want to tell everybody quickly that they can go to your website, kidswim, K-I-D swim dot org. You have a wonderful infographic there about um, age levels of kids and uh, Mm -hmm. what they should be learning and what they could be learning uh, during lessons at that time, plus more information on your kidswim swim method and Mm -hmm. um, tell everybody where they can find you on social media as well.
2: Oh right! I <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> social media. <laughs> yeah, you get past a certain age, and it is not like breathing. You know, right. social media is oh right, social media. So we have a we have a Kidswim page, which is uh, on Facebook, which is um, Kidswim, and then our Twitter is KidswimLA. LA, and then Instagram is also KidswimLA. LA, and we have. We've got some fun events coming up, too. We do a lot of water safety talks uh, at the park and uh, some articles and uh, guest speaking and stuff. So um, we're always we always are excited to talk to parents about water safety anytime so they can contact us at the office if they're interested in having me or one of my associates come out to talk about water safety and answer questions.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you. Lisa, so thank you so much for uh, being on the show today and putting up with my ridiculous questions.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we found humor.
1: We yeah, found see, humor. See, <laughs> there you go. I told you. The, or, you know what? The humor found us. That's where found us. Um, listen, everybody, I'm going to put up some links on motherhoodinhollywood.com for Kids Swim and more information about Lisa and her water safety tips get you guys prepared for this summer. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. <laughs> balls. Tonight, it's the season finale of AGT Champions.
0: Who will be crowned the greatest got talent champion of all time?
2: Then it's the season finale of TV's biggest
1: mystery, Manifest. What happened on that plane? Will we finally learn the truth? Tonight on NBC.
0: And a growing epidemic with kids. How does all these people get high in high school? Easy to disguise. Looks like a pen. Easy to hide. Lipstick, Lipstick container. container. The government issuing a rare alert. Our I team investigates the dangerous high on the rise. Tonight at 11 on NBC4. The all new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated.